0: Good morning from Beirut, Lebanon. This is Mina Now. It's Monday, November 9th, and this is your morning briefing. Starting off with the main news in Lebanon today, first off in a statement on Friday The U.S. Treasury announced that it has sanctioned Gibran Basile, leader of the Free Patriotic Movement in Lebanon and son-in-law of President Michel Aoun, pursuant to the Magnitsky Act, which is designed to punish corruption and human rights violations. Now, in Basile's case, the sanctions doled out have targeted him specifically for his ties with militant group Hezbollah, and according to a statement from the U.S. Treasury Secretary Stephen Mnuchin, the corruption in Lebanon's political system was, quote, exemplified by Basile and has helped erode the foundations of an effective government. Basile attempted to show no fear against those sanctions and claimed in a tweet that, quote, sanctions have not scared me, nor promises tempted me, while on demanded evidence from the U.S. to justify those sanctions. Basile's blacklisting, which has been floating around for a few months now, could further complicate the government formation efforts by Prime Minister-designate Saad al Hariri, according to the Daily Star. On that note, President Michel Aoun, in a phone call with his French counterpart President Macron on Friday night, said that efforts to form a new government under Saad al-Hadiri's leadership were underway as there were, quote, ongoing contacts to form a new government as soon as possible, according to a statement from the presidency. Now Macron continued to stress again on, quote, the urgent need for Lebanon to engage in the path of reforms according to local media, showing his willingness to stand by Lebanon in the coming period despite the government formation delays in the past weeks. In rounding up the news in Lebanon after an unprecedented rise in coronavirus cases over the past few days and due to pressure from the Ministry of Health, the Order of Pharmacists, the Order of Physicians and the Lebanese Red Cross to implement a nationwide lockdown, President Michel Aoun has called for the Higher Defence Council to convene for an extraordinary session on Tuesday, November 10th to discuss the health situation and the potential health measures to be taken in Lebanon. Now, the head of the Order of Physicians has indeed criticized the lack of adherence to measures by people in main cities, calling it, quote, unacceptable as big crowds continued to gather in different locations, ignoring safety measures, which has led to a decreasing availability of ICU beds in hospitals. Shifting to the second segment of this episode, the region at a glance, First, the highly anticipated results of the U.S. presidential elections have finally come out on Saturday, November 7th, announcing Democratic candidate Joe Biden as President of the United States, with running mate Kamala Harris taking the vice presidential seat, having won the popular vote by more than 4 million votes ahead of Republican President Donald Trump, and after witnessing the flip of key state Pennsylvania to Biden's favor, a secure win was assured by the Democratic nominee announcing the end of Trump's presidency. Now, of course, polarized reactions ensued from these results, with Democrats who voted for Biden celebrating in earnest on all streets and all states, while Republican supporters of Trump continued to ardently deny the results and insisted that these elections were stolen and fraudulent. The latter reaction comes after many statements issued by Trump in which he claimed that the elections were rigged against him and that he would challenge the results once they came out on that basis. The United Arab Emirates announced on Saturday a major overhaul of the country's Islamic personal laws, which would make for looser alcohol restrictions allow unmarried couples to cohabitate and criminalize so-called honor killings, which is a widely condemned, outdated custom in which a male relative can be considered innocent if the victim in question was a woman who dishonored the family. Now, these changes reflect the efforts of Emirates rulers to paint the UAE as a tourist cosmopolitan city and business hotspot, which hopes to attract Western tourists and investors from different sectors. This strategic move follows the normalization of relations between the UAE and the State of Israel under a U.S.-brokered deal which is expected to also bring in a large number of Israeli tourists and businessmen. In rounding up the news in the region, the second round of parliamentary elections in Egypt began on Saturday, with around 63 million out of 100 million Egyptians eligible to elect 568 of the 596 legislators in the lower house, widely seen as the approving legislative body for executive policies. Now, the remaining 28 deputies will be appointed by President El-Sisi, a former general whose government over the past six years has launched a severe crackdown on dissent, targeting journalists, bloggers, lawyers, and intellectuals. The first phase of voting took place last weekend in 14 governance, including the Mediterranean city of Alexandria and the south of Egypt. And as per the final phase, in which 31 million people are eligible to vote, this wraps up on Sunday evening and is being held in 13 governance. On the third segment of this episode, social sentiments in the region and Lebanon, individuals, journalists, and Arab leaders took social media by storm to congratulate Joe Biden on his election victory. But some people in the Middle East expressed cynicism over US policy, Even if Biden is set to pursue diplomacy rather than President Donald Trump's blunt approach to the region's innumerable problems. Ibrahim Matraz, a Yemeni journalist, was also pessimistic about prospects for a shift in U.S. policy after years of conflict that has ravaged his country. He said in a tweet, We shouldn't forget that Biden was once vice president in Obama's administration when the war began. Trump's allegations of fraud in the election without providing evidence prompted some Arab users to say that Washington had no right to preach about democracy in their countries, where leaders often win 99% of the vote in rigged elections. Adil al-Natur, an industrialist in war-torn Syria, tweeted that these elections show the real face of America, a country where elections are a total sham, with the loser not conceding defeat and instead claiming he won. Having said this, we have now reached the end of Mina Now's podcast episode. Thank you so much for your time. And as always, don't forget to subscribe. I'll be here every morning. This is Mina Now.